and climb into the Batmobile, which is just parked right out front, big old Lincoln with a fin on it, yeah. and off they go. Nobody knows that they're Batman <laughs> yeah. You know, n- nowadays they just, you know, like I said, they run my tag or something yeah. like that, you know, S- Hey, everybody, this is Bobby Walker with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast. And I want to ask you one thing. Are you doing what you want to do in life? Are you pursuing what you want in life? Why not? Don't be a bitch. Be the captain of your own ship. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy. Hey, everybody, this is Bobby Walker with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast, and we have a, you know what, I was going to say super episode, and I thought, you know, I bet you every time this guy is on a podcast, they say super episode. I don't have a better thing to say, so I'm going to say we're going to have a super episode today, but but before we get into that, okay, so before I get to the guests, I got a little bit of housekeeping to do. So, Dale, you just sat there. I normally say you sat there and look pretty, but you just sat there and look like muscly and menacing. And I'm going to, <laughs> I want to take care of a little bit of business here. First off, thank you guys once again for tuning in like you do every week. Uh, I love all the feedback I get. I love the connections. I love the interactions I have with everyone on the Journey of a New Entrepreneur Facebook page and the group. Uh, if you haven't joined the Journey of a New Entrepreneur group and you want to talk more about like business growth stuff, leadership, uh, sales, marketing, things like that, get in there. If you want to talk about like, the nuts and the bolts of like how to deliver your good, like how to clean things and how to pressure wash stuff and things like that. Not the group for you. Okay. But anyway, check that out. It's pretty awesome. Don't forget, check the YouTube channel journey of a new entrepreneur. That channel is my story. You can go back from day one when I found out I was losing my job and you can just watch me and my son just kind of grow this business and learn as we go. And then uh, of course you're listening right now to the podcast, which is other people's journey. So We've got that in. We've got that going. I do need to talk just a second about my favorite piece of software in my business. We've talked about it for a long, long time now called Responsibid. Responsibid. It is awesome. So here's what it does. Actually, I, we don't have enough time. I don't have an hour to tell you what it does. But this week, uh, what I really want to focus on is not so much what the software does, but what the company does to stand behind it. Okay. So just a teaser for those of you that don't know, this is a software that you can throw on your website. So it's a, it's a salesperson that never falls asleep, that never messes up on the quote, and they're always available for your customers. So they can go to your website, they can get a quote online, and it's accurate because you put all of your parameters in there. It's a very powerful tool, very effective to give them accurate quotes. It goes across all kinds of industries. And not only does it give them a quote, but it lets them buy right then. And then not only does it let them buy, but it like lets them put a deposit down and money in your bank and then let them schedule on your calendar. And you're like, Bob, I don't want someone to schedule on my calendar. Well, you do with Responsibid and CrewCal, which is the calendar integration that's intelligent, that knows how fast your crews work and how long it takes them to drive from job site to job site and do all these awesome things. So you literally can go to sleep, wake up with money in your account and a job on your schedule, and it was scheduled correctly, okay? It's awesome. I love it. It does a million other things. If they don't buy right now, it's going to follow up with them. And you guys, if you've been listening to the show, you know all the other stuff. But here's what I do want to talk about today. Everyone says, hey, our software is great. Responsibid and Kurt over there says, our software is so great that if you do not get a two-to-one ROI, return on investment, 
when using responsive bid, you don't pay for responsive bid. I don't know anyone else that does that. I don't know anyone else that says it. If you're using responsive bid and you're not getting a two to one return on your money, you don't pay. It's a piece of cake. It's awesome. They stand behind what they do and what they say because it's the real deal. So that's responsive bid. If you want to check it out, go to jnebid.com. That's J-N-E, like journey of a new response, journey of a new response, newer, <laughs> journey of a new entrepreneur bid as in response to bid.com bid.com that's the only place the only link out there even if you go to response bids website you do not get the same deal you get by going to our bid because they sponsor our show you get a free month off not to mention a lower upfront cost a lower monthly cost it's just it's just what you need to do so that's that that's everything guys today i've got dale popel and I've been fretting on his last name for like a week now. And he's like, no, it's just, po wait, am I wrong? No, you got it right. Oh, I got it right. Yeah, it's just Dale Popel. He's like, no, it's Popel. And I'm like, oh, well, that was easy. <laughs> Dale, welcome to the show, man. Thank you for setting through all that. Dude, I am like nerding out right now having you on here. And I'm a little like, I'm having a hard time breathing because I've been a little, I was a little excited on that intro. But Dale, before I let you tell everyone who you are, let me just paint a little, little picture here. Okay, because this is kind of cool. So, guys, Dale is someone I'm a little starstruck at the moment. He, uh, I saw Dale originally on a documentary that I think aired about 10 years ago. Is that right? Is that 2011? 2011. Okay, so not quite, but um, we'll, we'll call it 10 years just to we'll round up. And it was an HBO documentary, and I think the title is just Superheroes. Is that right? That it is. Yep. Yeah called superheroes and it's about real life superheroes and i'm gonna be honest with you there's uh some people on there that a little different and then there's some people like dell on there that are really freaking awesome and and there's probably a little in between uh in there as well and and i was always kind of drawn to to dell's character for a couple of reasons but but dell is a dude that like literally dresses up like kind of superman-esque you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's Superman-esque. He's a big, muscly dude, beautiful head, might I add. I uh, love his hairdo. And a big, muscly dude. And uh, walks around dressed like a superhero, drives this badass Corvette, and really just does a lot of good for people out there. He volunteers his time. He helps people in need. Um, and based on everything I've seen, it's not a dude that just does it when the camera's on. He's a guy that's just genuinely wants to uh wants to make a positive impact in the world he also um uh well he, he's just a cool dude and then there was another documentary that was just released like very recently that featured him which is portrait of a superhero and uh, right is that the name of that one i should have yeah absolutely yeah. Portrait, yep. Port portrait of a superhero and that one focused on dale specifically pretty cool stuff i'm sure we're going to talk about all of that we might even talk a little bit about Master Legend. I don't know if you guys have watched the show. That's pretty cool. He, Master Legend lives in my city here in Orlando. And then you got Dale who lives over uh, near Tampa over in Clearwater. So anyway, that is kind of because Dale might be like, oh, yeah, I'm a guy and I live over here and I do a little bit and I sell. I don't know if he gets how super cool it is of this superhero thing that, that we all watch from the outside. So, so that's kind of who Dale is. But Dale, it's time for me to stop talking. And I want you to at least give us an overview of kind of who you are. Well, yeah, it is a lot of people do seem to think like we do get kind of overwhelmed. Uh, people do think, you know, 
especially when I went to the premiere of superheroes, for Mm -hmm. instance, back in 2011, we went out to San Diego comic con and that's where they had the premiere. People were really blown away by it. And, uh, it is kind of, cause it, uh, most of the people that do it, it just seems like a natural thing to do, you know, (laughs) kind of like the old British SAS motto in harm's way. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it just seems like the natural thing to do. Uh, I don't know if you remember when I saw the uh, superheroes documentary, there was a guy in there named Mr. Extreme. Yep. Yep. And he had lost everything mm-hmm. in order to do it. You talk about entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. He gave up everything to be a superhero. He had actually he was living out of his van. Yeah. At the yeah. time. And he sat next to me during the premiere and uh, I actually put my arm around him throughout the premiere of the film. And then afterwards I got up and uh, it's on YouTube. I'll show you later, but made the crowd get up and give him a round of applause because for me being a superhero has been nothing but gain. Yeah. I've gained friends. I've gained fame. I've gained, uh, uh, I've just basically got, it wasn't the intention, but that's just kind of what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Whereas this guy and a lot of the other ones doing it has in a way kind of been like uh, their white whale. Yeah. You know, like it, they've chased it to the ends of the earth and it's not, you know, been a, been a pretty story. But anyway, yeah. so yeah, for me, it's been been pretty good. But yeah, people do tend to think, but from, like I said, for somebody like Mr. Extreme, yes, it has been an extreme story. <laughs> yeah. Or Master Legend, too. I'm, have you met Master Legend out there? No, I've never met him. I've, okay. I've uh, watched his yeah. stuff online a little bit and stuff. And Yeah, you'll run into him sooner or later. Try, okay. yeah, just downtown Orlando, uh, you know, in the weekends and the evenings and stuff like that. You'll see him sooner or later. <laughs> He's... Uh, I'd say the best way to describe him is literally the Don Quixote of the superhero community. Don Quixote. Okay. Don Quixote of the superhero community. He's a great guy. Uh, yeah. Heart of gold. And uh, yeah, he, he, he's older than me. Oh yeah. And uh, the thing was, I had actually retired a couple of years ago because I said, I'm too old for this crap, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, you know, Master Legend is a few years older than me and just never, yeah, I don't think he has any intention of ever hanging it up. He's just still doing it, huh? But yeah, yeah. Well, what pulled me back out actually was the, the portrait of a superheroes documentary that you saw. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've discovered, you t- well, again, about entrepreneurialism and this kind of thing, even though my days of, you know, running around in the middle of the night in tights <laughs> are pretty much over. I can still be a good influence. I can still be a good example for the superhero community. Uh, I realized that I was out in, uh, was I in LA or was I down in the Keys? Either, uh, I think I was, I think it was at a festival in the, yeah, we were in the Keys and uh, the film played and then Corey Glover from In Living Color came up to me. He actually worked his way through the crowd to get to me and shook my hand and said, thanks for you and your friends and all that you do and everything like that. And uh, so I kind of went from out there doing it 
in the middle of the night to being an example of doing it for the guys that still do. And I'm fine yeah. with that. So, yeah. So take just a minute for, for the, I mean, cause I mentioned that, uh, you know, you're, you're a real life superhero and you, you've talked about some of these other people that are as well, but just for the listeners that have no idea of what this is, they're Bob. I've never heard of this documentary. Okay. Dale, you just said that you're walking around in the middle of the night in tights. What the hell does that mean? You know, tell, yeah. tell, tell the listeners that don't know what this is. Well, basically a real life superhero is somebody that uses the persona of the superhero in American pop culture, you know, all the way back to the 1930s to get their point across, to draw attention to their various causes, whatever it may be. And to uh, just help the public in general. It's, ge it's genuinely for, uh, I'd say, altruistic people that want to take it a step further. And uh, I actually started back in uh, 19... I'm a weird case. Well, they already know I'm a weird case. But <laughs> a lot of the guys started out saying, I want to be a superhero. Mm -hmm. And I did not. I started out as a professional wrestler. No kidding. Yeah, there's actually video of my first match on YouTube. You can look it up on my channel. Hmm. And uh, I made it through school. My gimmick was superhero. That's what we call, wrestlers would call their persona is a gimmick. Yeah. And uh, because one of my friends who, uh, did you follow wrestling? Well, I did when I was young. And then like, I don't watch it, but I kind okay. of enjoy watching it uh, in the Remember news, so to speak. Remember the fake Kevin Nash that showed up on WCW and Randy Savage destroyed him? The guy no. in the... Okay, well, that, that was uh, Devin Nash was his gimmick. Okay. I went through wrestling school with this guy. His real name is Dave Tristani. And uh, I knew that I wanted my gimmick to be a superhero, but I didn't know what to call myself or what I, I was drawing, different designs and everything. And he says, why don't you just call yourself superhero? There it done. is, and done. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and it worked. So that was my gimmick, but I didn't last long. I, I uh, tore my ACL in half and had to have it bolted back together again. Hmm. And uh, I had just enough of a taste to be really disappointed. But uh, then Superhero, you know, I thought, okay, well, I'm done with that. But then, of course, knowing the filmmaker, Tony Armour, and everything like that, who's now the – uh, over time has become the film commissioner for the entire county over here, Pinellas mm -hmm. County. Yep. Uh, he would want superhero to appear in this, and then he'd want superhero to appear in that. And then I decided to shoot my own TV pilot uh, with superhero as a character in it. That's on YouTube too. It's called the Siamese cat. No kidding. It's like, it's like a sixties Batman. That's what I was trying to do was bring back sixties Batman. This is about 2004. It's the best okay. $5,000 I ever pissed away. Okay. So you, might, so you might as well as enjoy it. And uh, we went out to Napti and tried to sell that. And that didn't sell, but it got us on Leno and some other things. But then eventually, I don't know why, but one day I just had this crazy idea to say to myself, what would happen if I actually did this? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like every little kid has probably said, well, I, you know, Batman doesn't have powers. I could do that. Or, yeah. you know, Punisher doesn't have powers. I could do that. You know, something like that at some point. But it's different for a, a grown ass man 
you know, with some resources and that kind of thing to say they're going to do it. Yeah. And, and that I literally fell into doing it. So how old were you when you, when you asked yourself that question? What if, what if I actually did this? Probably about uh, 31. 31. Yeah. I was not young. Cause I went through wrestling school late. I, mm-hmm. uh, I was pushing 30 okay. when I went through wrestling school. So I'd say, yeah, I was a late bloomer. So I'd say about, uh, th- uh 32, 33, somewhere around there after, you know, shooting the mm-hmm. pilots and appearing in commercials and just helping Tony with stuff in general. But then once I started doing it for real, then this comic geek I knew at one of the gyms I worked out at told me, uh, he says, well, if you're going to take this seriously, you need to read The Watchmen. Hmm. And at the time, I had no idea what The Watchmen was, but uh, I picked it up, and sure enough, he was right. It's not all these guys that you know look at the Marvel movies and yeah. Batman and this kind of thing. That's not it. It's actually way closer to The Watchmen. Because mm-hmm. what we are is a guy, guys in a universe without powers trying to be superheroes except for dr manhattan right exactly so that <laughs> became kind of my you know mantra book mm-hmm. and when then all of a sudden when social media came along i only knew of a couple of other guys in the country that did it and that was from back then on you know very slow modem computers yep. looking at news articles and i knew there was a guy in chicago and a guy in California, and then all of a sudden when social media became a thing, when MySpace came out, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it started growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. That went from like eight guys to 16 guys to 36 guys to 100 guys, and they all kind of considered uh, me to be one of the grandfathers of it. Yeah. Even though there were actually guys back in the 70s that did it, like Captain Sticky and a few other people. Uh, the human fly, they weren't around anymore. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, I kind of was like the second gen granddaddy. And uh, nowadays, so, too, a lot of them see the, the kids that you have now doing it saw the same films that you did yeah. and asked me for advice and things like that. Well, but, let me uh, ask you this, if you don't mind, Dale. So, go you, ahead. I just to kind of go back just a hair, you said, you know, so around 31, you were like, well, what if I do this? So obviously you did this. So what was step one? You, you said to yourself, what if I actually did this thing? Well, what did you was, do? Did you go outside one night with the grappling hook, climb a wall and beat up a bad guy? Or what, well, what you know, everyone always thinks, and I've said this at uh, conventions, I'll send you a link. Like I've spoken at conventions and that kind of thing. When people want to know this, I say everyone thinks because they watch all the TV and the movies and the everything, you know, Batman, you know, Adam West and Burt Ward, Batman, they go flying down the bat poles, they get under the car, they go flying out, they run into the Joker with the grease paint and the mustache, and by God, it's on. Mm -hmm. You know, it's ready to go, you know, and everyone always thinks they're going to put a suit on, walk out the front door, and 20 Nazi frogmen are going to jump out (laughs) of a tree with spear guns, with little razor blades bent like swastikas as the spear heads and attack them, and by God, it's on. Mm-hmm. And that is not what it is like at all. That is not what it is like at all. It's, it's uh, 90% boredom, 
for okay. 10% sheer terror. 10% terror, okay. Yeah, and there has been sheer terror, but most of it, that's why a lot of the guys you see end up doing a lot of philanthropy and things like that mm-hmm. is just because uh, there's, by God, you don't run into that much. I mean, 90% of police work is after the fact, and someone is calling the cops there. Yeah. You just have to stumble across something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's why a lot of the guys ended up doing philanthropy and that kind of thing was just to have more to do. Hell, I started a, a nonprofit organization that, and got it federal tax exemption and everything for a while there. It was called Teen Justice, you know, just to uh, do charity drives and take things to women's shelters and things like that, like you saw in Tony's film. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's a major reason, you know, you don't, you don't go outside and run into Galactus, you know, yeah. you go outside and, you know, run into a homeless guy that needs a sandwich. So, you know, something like that instead. So, but so that is, st- I'm sorry, I didn't mean No, to- you go right ahead. But that's basically, you said, well, what happened when I did it? Yeah. There, there were a few instances. I've stopped a few muggings, uh, things like that. There've been mm-hmm. a few, you know, chased a guy that, did a hit and run, you know, I, I high speed chased him in the vet and, and was on the phone with the cops until the cops took over. And mm-hmm. I just pulled back and disappeared as fast as I could. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's been a few, there's been some terror, but a lot of it, you know, a lot of it has been a lot of helping people. And I yep. think too, what a lot of the real life superheroes do is set an inspiration. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you know, uh, I can show you, well, like again, on YouTube, uh, there's a scene in the movie portrait of a superhero where I pick a little boy up in a shelter mm-hmm. and take him over to look through the toys and, and find a toy for him at Christmas time. Yep. And, uh, some woman at a film festival pointed out to me, she says, do you realize the impact that you probably had on him? Yeah. Yeah. And I never gave it much thought, but after that I was like, yeah, wow. So basically you're, you're, not looking for Nazi frogmen, but you're looking to make a good example, mm-hmm. I guess would be yeah. what the real superheroes are trying to do. Well, and that's, that's what I love about, uh, again, just kind of watching you from afar. This is the first conversation we've ever had. And, um, you know, I think it's easy. I, you know, I, I, well, I say, I know I'll ask you, but I could only imagine that there's a lot of people that want to, uh, point fingers laugh and, and things like that just because that's who they are but i'm well, i'm sitting here and i'm saying like here's a dude that has all kinds of stuff that he could be doing all kinds of things you could be out doing having fun spending your money on stuff uh traveling and it's like but when you travel you're helping people and and instead of you know and i'm sure you do have some fun but like you 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 give your time to strangers oh, yeah. you give your yeah. time to to people that, that even at the help. film festivals, I went, yeah, I was yeah. oh, like, Tony, I got to go feed that guy or something. And, yeah. You know, or, and I, I love have it. to stop and, and talk it. to these kids and hand out stickers. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I just respect the hell out of it. And I love one of the things that you said, I, you said it in, I think you said it in both of the films, if I remember right, because uh, in one of them, I forget which one it was. You said, uh, some people will say, uh, you know, why do you do this? And why do you dress up and drive around in this car and, and X, Y, and Z? And, and you, you kind of gave a two-part answer. You're like, well, part of it, you know, you, you like to make a difference and so on and so forth. But also, it's just hella fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's hella it. fun. 
yeah, yeah that's at the end of the day it's hella fun yep. uh yeah there's been a you know that is the only time i've ever discouraged somebody from doing it like exactly. anybody that's ever advised you know called me or asked me or texted me or mm -hmm. whatever saying i'd like to do this if they say something like well i'd like to do this but i'm scared that people might laugh at me mm -hmm. and i would tell them you're not cut out for this dude yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, you need to go to a soup kitchen and pick up a ladle, you know, volunteer some other way or something like that. That is more what you're cut out for. Hmm. You, you do have to kind of be an extrovert yeah. in order to do this. And, uh, but the thing is, even with that, I can count on one hand the times that I've had problems like that. Oh, really? You know, I, I, it's... You, I hate to say this, just the opposite. And Tony will tell you if you interview here on, him on here, entrepreneurship or anything, mm -hmm. he can never get over the amount of women that mob me <laughs> whenever he takes me to a festival or we go out or he'd follow me around on a patrol or anything. He could never believe. So describe to the listeners right now that, that haven't seen you online before, describe to them what you look like in one of the, well, first your actual physical appearance, how big you are and everything, well, but also what you're wearing and, and dressed up as. Well, I'm about six foot, 215. I'm fairly solid, uh, body fat, 17% for a guy my age. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wear, well, a lot of the guys don't do what I do. They wear a lot of armor and masks and things like that. I wear red tights and uh, do the, you know, the Superman thing, the underwear on the outside, yep. the blue tights. And I have really, the whole key of the thing is the boots. Yep. That's one thing that a lot of people <laughs> say when they, oh my God, women too. They're like, I love your boots. The boots are $350 of pre-crushed leather uh, with Vibrium soles. They were made for climbing wrestling ropes. And uh, they can take a good impact if you have to jump off of something or something like that. They're the only Captain Marvel, Captain America style boots that were ever made in this particular color, which is sapphire blue, hmm. so that they match my trunks. And the company out in Texas that custom made them for me, Caboots, also looked and they said, yeah, we're pretty sure these are the only ones that have ever been made in your colors. Nice. But uh, so anyways, yeah, I'm garish. I'm wearing skin tight spandex. Uh, yeah, a lot of the guys do trench coats and, and uh, BMX armor and uh, masks and things yeah. like that. But I never have. Yeah. I never. Not to mention the fact, too, you know, well, first of all, it was for wrestling. Mm -hmm. So it was very heat friendly and everything, fortunately for Florida. But even as, I, as it evolved we don't live in an era where secret identities are possible anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It does this. I remember like, what was the old Robert, Robert, Low, Robert Lowry. Yeah. Robert Lowry, Batman, him and uh, Robin are sleeping in the bed together <laughs> and they get the call and they wake up, they throw their, they're just in a house. There's no bat poles or anything. They throw their goddamn gimmicks on. Mm -hmm. They run out the front door. Of the <laughs> <laughs> And climb into the Batmobile, which is just parked right out front, big old Lincoln with a fin on it, yeah. and off they go. Nobody knows that they're Batman <laughs> and Robin. 
Yeah. You know, n- nowadays they just, you know, like I said, they'd run my tag or something yeah. like that. You know, S S what was my tag? S U P R H R O. Yeah. You know, and they'd know who I was. Not to mention the fact I knew a bunch of the Clearwater cops. I worked out with them. Yeah. So yeah. So, sooner or later that, you know, they were going to figure out it was me anyway. So I just never wore a mask or any, I didn't see a point. I didn't see a point. And, uh, but yeah, yeah, that's that's what I am—a big, bright, red, garish. Yeah, and the ladies love it. I guess so. That's I awesome. Guess so. Yeah, yeah. The, Which you got? I, yeah, I mean, and I know you've got you've got your lady, but yeah, mm-hmm. but it's still it's still kind of cool to be you know desired. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you know. Oh yeah, yeah especially at my age. <laughs> but <laughs> so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Dale. Um, we, we've kind of talked about the what. And we've kind of tiptoed around this next question, but why? Why has this been your thing? Ah, you know, uh, and it's mentioned in the film too. It's Mm -hmm. mentioned in the film, Portrait of a Superhero. Uh, uh, I didn't have the best childhood Mm -hmm. and uh, came from a very abusive home, especially my mother, my most times you see in films and everything, it's, you know, some guy that looks like Marlon Brando wearing a wife beater tank. Who's the abuser in the house. They hardly mm-hmm. ever cover it when the mother's the abuser yeah. in like television and things like that. But my mother was extremely abusive and, uh, my escape was star Trek, uh, Batman, George Reeves, Superman, comic books, pro wrestling, you know, which back then was NWA from Florida with Gordon Soley and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, so that's how I think I ended up Godzilla, Godzilla, of course, a big, yep. You mentioned that. Influence the there. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that because you see all my collection and everything. One of my favorite things in the document, the whole documentary was you were, you were talking about how, you know, like Godzilla was like your first friend, you know, it was like, he yeah, was first really. Friend I, and, he had to be when I was like four years old. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And you had a, so later in life, and I don't know at what point this was, but you were like, I had a lady friend and things were getting serious. And she was, I think she was maybe living with you at the time. And she said, I can't wait till we get married or, or whatever, or I can't wait to move in or something like that. So, uh, so I can redecorate all this stuff. And you looked at her and you said, I've known you for a year. He's been with me my whole life. Get out. <laughs> that, you I know, love this guy. I love it. I don't want to call Tony a misogynist, but that is like his favorite story <laughs> in history. I knew when he came to me and said, look, I've got 15 years worth of stock footage of you. Let's make a documentary. I knew at some point he was going to be asking me that story because that is his favorite. It will be places. And he'll be like, Hey, superhero, tell him the Godzilla story. (laughs) He just, that's his favorite story of mine of all time is Mm -hmm. the Godzilla story. He can't get enough of it. Now, now, as I derailed, which I'm so good at doing, but oh, that's fine. but, that's but fine. I had asked you the why, and and you had shared that. Now, that's that's why you, um, at the very least, that's why you um, gravitated towards you know the superhero thing. Mm-hmm. Is that also why you you know you do the philanthropy stuff, and is that also why you oh absolutely want to help other people out? Absolutely, Cap. You know, Captain Kirk violated the Prime Directive so many times to save a planet. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, that's, that's just what you do. That's just, uh, I'm going to go ahead and, in my like early twenties, mid twenties, that kind of thing. 
uh, I was kind of, I'll go out and on a I was kind of an asshole. Really? I know, I know, yeah, I know it was my upbringing and everything like that, but I was, uh, you know, fight at the drop of a hat, lost a bunch of jobs, uh, just was not the most savory person on the hmm. face of the earth, but it's true what they say about cast your bread upon the waters and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Because once, you know, I went wrestling school is really what changed all that because no they, they beat it. You'd think you wouldn't think so because you see the guys cutting promos and everything, mm -hmm. but they beat into your head, be humble, be humble, be humble. Hmm. You know, you've got to put the other guy over. You've got to make the other guy look good. That's, you know, it takes two guys to make a great match, but only one guy to make a crappy one. Hmm. And uh, Chris Jericho said that. And, uh, you know, that's really what brought me back to my roots of comic book and superhero and their attitude and their giving and their generosity and everything like that. And I really realized, my God, what have I been doing with my life? Mm -hmm. So professional wrestling school absolutely changed my life. That's so awesome. That's really, that's awesome. yeah, that's really the 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 catalyst mm -hmm. for where it all began, right there, right there. That was the big change. So, which was in your late twenties at that point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now, so before I get into um, some other stuff, I want to play around a little more. Well, I'm sure we're, this whole thing is going to be about superhero stuff, but I want to play around a little more with this. T tell us. Uh, you know, once you did make the decision, because it's still in my mind, it's like, I think I have an idea because I've seen these documentaries, but, but what's that look like? Do you literally just throw on your outfit and you drive downtown and just start walking around? Is that yeah. literally what you do? Yeah. What, what, what else is there to do? I mean, it's not like you've got a huge, you know, NORAD crime map or anything like mm -hmm. that, or you've gotten an anonymous tip that, you know, Nazi frogmen are going to be here or anything like that. So yeah, it was literally just get your feet wet. Hmm. Well, and I, that's what I would tell guys too. Like even the ones that were like, you know, I'm not sure about this. I would tell them, well, try to get your feet wet. And uh, if they didn't want to do it, then they, you know, oh, well, you need to move on that kind of thing. But then you've got guys that it, they want to get their feet wet too much. Mm -hmm. You know, some of them were like, falling asleep at work and that kind of thing. And, you know, we had to convince them there's a balance. Here. Yeah. You know, you've got to have you've got to take care of one number one. Right. Before right. you can take care of others. Yeah. Right. And this is the same with entrepreneurship and working too. you know, work stays at work, home stays at home. You've got to have, if anything, that's why you want to become an entrepreneur is so that you got more time for that yeah. balance. You know, you balance your home and balance your work. What better way to do it than if you're the boss, you know? Yeah. And speaking yeah. of entrepreneurship, the craziest thing, we discovered the craziest thing before we started recording here. So, like, I actually, the reason I know what you do is uh, Tony had told me, but because uh, I, you, for, for the guys listening, this is how uh, Dale and I got connected. So, I've got an idea, which I'm not sharing it with everyone yet, but I've got a documentary that I want to create. And so I'd, uh, I'd been watching, I'd watched, you know, these documentaries that Dell's in, you know, a handful of times. And I was like, this dude's in Tampa. I'm just going to reach out to him see if I can take him out to a steak dinner and figure out what the heck I need to do to make a documentary, you know? And, and then of course you were like, Hey, I'm happy to meet you, but 
here's this other guy and tony's right, the one right. that that has made your documentary and stuff so um so tony is the one that had told me that you know you're actually in sales right now which is uh the, the lifeblood of any business if you it, yes. it all starts with sales if you can't do that then nothing else matters but when you and i were talking i was tell uh, before we started recording i was telling you a little bit of my story because i didn't want to tell it again on the air because my listeners have heard it a million times and you were like you said window cleaning and i'm like yeah and you're like my wife owns a high-rise window cleaning company and i'm like yeah. you gotta be kidding me this is crazy so we're, we're 90 minutes ish from each other and and in the same business space well same yeah. same kind of same business i mean high rise if, is different than what i do but if you if any of your viewers or anything uh need a job and they're not afraid of heights and they know the mixes and everything uh contact high rise window cleaning in clearwater florida ask to speak to karen tell him you saw this podcast she might interview you that's awesome she, I, I think she may need a person or two so how long yeah. has she had that business oh god easily uh her brothers actually started it and it's been at least 20 years wow that she's been the business manager so uh but yeah it's it's a good company and uh yeah they they you know they they do all the hospitals they do a bunch of buildings yeah in and around here and uh yeah yeah they, and naturally their cleaners are dressed like superheroes when they're on the hospitals right well yeah not all the time not all the time, but they try to for the kids and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, what are been, the odds that that blew? When you told me that, I was like, "This is just crazy." I thought because I remember thinking to myself, "Finally, I got someone that's kind of outside of my circle, and window cleaning is not going to come up. Pressure washing is <laughs> not going to come up." <laughs> and then I'm like, "Nope." <laughs> right back at it. That's so crazy. Yeah, it's a small world. It's a small world. Yeah, Karen's a great lady. She's the love of my life. Like I said in the documentary i wouldn't be where i am now without her yeah uh yeah. yeah you know it's funny you mentioned too like i do sales now mm -hmm. and i wanted to tell anybody that watches your podcast well, like you said you lost your gig mm -hmm. and you met a guy that said get a bucket get a squeegee and go to work yep okay uh i worked for the same company you know i worked in broadcasting for 25 years that's okay. another reason how, of course, wrestling is broadcasting, sports mm -hmm. entertainment. Uh, I shot my TV pilot wanting to sell a TV show while I was working as the floor director on a TV show. Hmm. And uh, I started at HSN. I worked for UPN for a little while. Then I worked for PAX. That's where I worked on the talk show. Then it became ION. And basically, besides the stuff that I've done with Tony and script writing and things like that, uh, I've worked in broadcasting for 25 years. Wow. And the past 20 years of it was with uh, Ion Television. Mm -hmm. And when I got, I mean, I had insurance, I had benefits, I had a 401k plan, everything like that. And when I got let go from there, it seemed like the end of the world for a little while. I can relate to that. But... But I always knew, you know, like you knew, there was something else out there. I knew I was meant, I had had little sales gigs on the side while I was doing all this. I'd sold sports drinks. I'd sold Christmas trees. I'd sold uh, meat. I'd sold uh, uh, pet food. There's, mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I've sold all kinds of things and was good at it. Was, so I knew I had what it took to be a salesman. Yeah. 
and uh, all losing, this is what I want to tell uh, anybody that watches this, even if it seems like it's the worst possible thing that's ever happened to you, it is an opportunity. It is not the end of the world. It is an opportunity. Yeah. I make my take home now is double what I was making at ION. Yeah. I'm back to having the same benefits again. They just kicked in at the beginning of this month. I have a much better job or I'm much happier. I'm not stuck in a cube. I get to, you know, deal with people, which I love. Yep. Uh, and I took a good slice of the 401 that I had from the previous job. And it happened at just the right time where uh, cannabis became legal in Canada. And a good buddy of mine that I know through the broadcast industry and Tony Mm -hmm. Uh, started a cannabis company in Canada that I'm a heavy investor in. Nice. And I'm looking to see for a low five-digit investment uh, next year, I'm looking to see a high six-digit return. So good for you, man. It all happened with perfect timing and everything like that. So even if it seems like it's the worst thing that's ever happened to you, it is just perfect timing. It's what the universe wants. You just got to roll with it. Yeah. Yep. Well, and which actually, I'm so glad you said all that, that I, I kind of mentioned a little bit, I didn't go too in depth, but I've, we've started this thing on the show and, and with my listeners, we call it the NBZ or the no bitch zone, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's like, you know, where a bitch, it's not someone that, uh, doesn't have everything they want in life. It's someone that lets outside sources or influences keep them from right. pursuing what they want. Exactly. And, and um, you know, if I can be proud of myself, because I've had a, I've had a lot of bitch in me in the past and I got a little bit of it in there still today to, you know, to some degree or another, but, but, you know, whenever life did kick me and, and did get me down and, and I lost the job, you know, one thing I'm proud of was I did what, what you did. You know, I, I put my head down. And, mm-hmm. and I just kept going. And it's yeah. funny, my wife today, I told you, Dell, that my wife started a business and she actually just quit her job. Um, not quite a month ago, I think is when she finally quit. And she was sitting in here and she had, she had actually lost a customer. She had gained a cus- this customer and she was all excited about it. And then, and then the, the person canceled and the person canceled for good reason. Um, yeah. You know, she, my wife didn't like deliver, right? She didn't do a good job delivering. And we were sitting right over here. Well, I'm looking at this couch that we were sitting on. And I'm looking at my wife and I'm, I'm on purpose kind of like not comforting her as she's dealing with a little bit of like emotional pain of like, wow, this is hard and this business thing. And, and I'm like, because we need to feel, you know, the pain is important. It's an important part of that, that growth. Oh yeah. She she looked at me and she goes, you just made this look so easy. And I said, well, (laughs) I said, here's all I did, babe. This is the only thing I did is when I felt the way you feel right now, I just put my head down and I just kept pushing through Amen. and, and, and didn't stop, you know, cause, and which that's where she's at too. But she was just at one of those, we all have kind of those emotional moments yeah. to kind of get down and, and you got to uh, tell like even entrepreneurs watching this now, it may not be an immediate thing. Yeah. I've, I've got bad news for you. I was on, basically I was on unemployment. I was basically with little spurts here and there unemployed for like an entire year mm-hmm. and tried a little bit of insurance sales. I crashed and burned. 
uh, I was an online relationship counselor for a while. If you can believe that, hmm. I had a lot of clients, but the people that did it didn't like the way I did it, even though everyone would call in going, let me talk to Dale. <laughs> you know? So I crashed and burned at that. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you just got to, like what just happened to your wife, she just crashed and burned, but she's yep. got to get back up. You just get on the horse, get back on the horse. Yep. That's all you can do. One of my favorite little analogies from a movie, I've, I've talked about this before on the show, and uh, what it's like, I always said, I want to be like those raptors from Jurassic Park. And, you know, there was that time where they were all like, they said that the raptors were systematically attacking this electric fence at different spots, trying to yeah. find the, the opening. And that's kind of been like, it's as silly as that sounds. And I know, because it's happened the last time I mentioned this, I know one oh, of yeah. you guys watching or listening is going to tease me for this, but it's a great analogy. And it, no, it, is it great. genuinely motivates me. And, but that's <clears> been my thing is it's just like, I just run, I'm just running towards this like invisible force shield of a wall and I'm hitting it. Boom. And I'm like, okay, that didn't work. And I back up and I redirect one degree and I just start running again. And then I hit a wall again and then I back up and I redirect another and I just keep running because eventually I'm going to find that, that, that weak spot. And I was talking about this. Um, I, I post a lot of videos dealt like on Facebook and YouTube, just kind of like vlog kind of things. And I was posting one just on a drive home. I put my phone up on a, on a stand and I'm driving home and, and I was kind of having one of those great moments, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having a little bit, I'm in, you know, you go through ruts and then you go through mountaintops and, you know, and stuff. And I'm kind of like on the mountaintop right now and with ruts, more ruts to come, more valleys to come. But I was talking, I'm like, man, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm loving life. I'm loving where I'm at. I, uh, I've already won. It's like, I, I haven't achieved like my financial goals and stuff, but I've already won because I'm, I'm doing what I want. I'm pursuing yeah. what I want right now. And I don't even think failure. I just, I think failure, there's kind of like two kinds of it. There's failure in like maybe one thing I'm trying to do today. I might fail at this task, but then there's like failure of like quitting and quitting is the only failure that really matters. And I'm not too worried about that. So Sorry, the wife was distracted. <laughs> she was picking on me. What were you saying? Yes, dear. I just let him talk for a whole. She wanted to know if I was giving someone else a chance to talk. That's funny. I'm on a podcast right here. Here, say hi. No, come here. Say hi. You no, tell, on. Come tell here. her the window cleaner needs to talk to her. The window cleaners need to talk to you. Come here. You got yourself into this. <laughs> She's not going to do it. That's funny. <laughs> well, Dale, I feel you're letting me talk plenty. This is written great. That's good. So, I appreciate um, that. But yeah, but, yeah, yeah. The whole, my whole point wrapping it up is just that, um, you know, failure to me, I just kind of don't, I'm not There's afraid. There's no such of, thing. Yeah. I'm not afraid of it anymore because yeah. it's like, if, you know, I don't know. Let's say the outside source happens that the economy takes this terrible downturn or, or whatever, and it just crushes my business. I, mm -hmm. I have to shut it down. I don't even have it anymore. All that time was wasted. Well, a couple of things. One, um, kind of like what Gary V says is, well, I'm just going to be appreciative that I was able to ride the wave as long as I did there. But two, yeah. I'm on a, just like those Raptors. I'm just going to back up, redirect, 
and I'm just going to go find the next one. And even if that means I have to go get a regular job that I don't want because I want to run my own business for a period of time, that's okay. Failure is not going to happen because to me, success is pursuing what I want. And damn right. And, and damn I right. like the Joker from the Dark Knight. I'm just a dog chasing cars, and I don't even know what I would do if I finally caught that mountaintop. Anyway, you know, I, I don't yeah. even know what to do if I caught a car. You know, but but I'm chasing after. When uh, decades ago, I uh, interviewed Jerry Springer. As a matter of fact, it was when I was out at Napty trying to sell my pilot. Really? Uh, you'll see pictures of that on my Facebook if you look through the albums. But uh, I said, give me the best advice you could give anyone in television. And he looked at me and he said, well, superhero, he says, uh, if you're going to do this, do it because you'll love it. Because not a lot of people make a lot of money at it. Yeah. And that's true. You know, everyone always thinks everyone you see on TV is a millionaire because they're on TV, you know, and there's plenty of actors that are living, you know, six to a apartment and taking bit parts and, you know, trying to get ahead. It's, you know, the, the people that show up on various TV shows and that kind of thing. There's way more paupers than there are millionaires, but they're doing something they love. They love it. They're passionate. And at it. the end of the day, that is what matters. Yeah. Yep. I love sales. You know, I love people. I love dealing with people. You know, you've got, as long as you're doing something you love, you know, like Confucius said, do something you love. You never work, you never work another day in your life. Yeah. Yep. I love it. I love it. Well, and you know, and, and on that note and uh, real briefly, like I kind of gave in, I hate saying I gave up on it, but it's like in a healthy way, I gave up. I actually gave up on that. I gave up on the whole trying the trying to find the thing that I love to do that'll pay me. And I finally yeah. said, but, but still in the same philosophy though, I said, you know what? I don't care if I find someone that'll pay me to go to a theme park or a beach. I can't, I, ha- I haven't been successful in finding that gig. Yeah. So what I said was, I'm just going to do something that'll empower me to do the things I love. And turns out I'm enjoying building a business and I definitely enjoy kind of being my own boss, even though it has its own, own uh, areas of stress and anxiety and fear and, and torment and, <laughs> and all of that. But, but I'm enjoying the whole thing, even though I'm not necessarily passionate about clean windows or I'm not passionate about a clean roof on someone's house. Yeah. But I'm passionate about just pursuing what I want. So I love it. So Del, here in a second, I want to kind of set you up for this. So your mind can kind of be, be running through it here. I'm going to ask you here in a second to share a tip or two or a philosophy or a mentality or something for the guys that maybe they're sitting on the couch. Maybe they want to start a business. That's probably going to be the thing if they're listening to this show because it's a journey of a new entrepreneur. But, but people, right. let's forget if it's a business or not. It doesn't matter. You want to be a superhero. You want to be a business owner. You want to be a school teacher. You want to be a uh, – it doesn't matter. But they're sitting there. Maybe fears holding them down. Maybe just self-doubts holding them down. I'm going to ask you to share your thoughts or your inspiration with them here in just a second. Gotcha. But before I do, I've got to ask you the most important question that I ask every person on the show. It's actually more important than the one I just, just mentioned. Um, so I need you to focus. I need you to um, put your, you know, your super abilities all online on this and, uh, give me the the most strategic um um uh, probably most strategic survival type of answer you can give me okay uh-huh. 
So I'm going to paint a picture for you. You're stuck in a back alley somewhere. Okay. There's a, it's, it's dark out. The alley's blocked off at both ends. You can't escape. And um, it's a pretty big alley, but you still can't get anywhere. It's The walls are too tall. You can't use a grappling hook. You're stuck in there. Okay. And someone comes over like a loudspeaker and says, okay, Dale, you're about to have a fight to the death and you're going to get to choose your opponent. And you can choose to fight either. Okay. One of these two things you can choose to fight one horse sized duck. So it's a gigantic duck, the size of a horse, or you get to choose to fight a thousand duck-sized horses. So one gigantic duck or a thousand duck-sized horses. One shot, you don't get a break, fight to the death, just you and your hands. Okay. Believe it or not, uh, having been exposed to both animals at great length, <laughs> I had an ex that owned horses. Mm -hmm. uh, this whole healthy, healthy as a horse thing is complete and total crap. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you look at them cross-eyed and they die. Yeah. One of them, I mean, the vet is always there. One of them ate some vines that it saw on a fence and died. Wow. They, they have to eat. They are the most frail, fragile animals on the face of the earth. Okay. So I know that about horses. Ducks, on the other hand, when I had a part-time job uh, while I was doing sales there, too, I was over the phone. Uh, people were calling up ordering uh, sonograms and x-rays and stuff mm -hmm. like that, and I was placing their orders for them. There was a big lake full of ducks, and I bought duck food and was taking care of them. They are the most vicious animals. <laughs> they are necrophiles. They are rapists. They are cannibals. They are the most vicious thing on the face. Trust me, take the horses. Take the, okay. Yeah. Stomp Thank on you. the horses, stomp on the horses because the duck, you're dead. I See, I tell care. everyone this too. And no one, yeah. like half the people on the show pick the big duck they, and I'm like, you're crazy. They are the most vicious animals you have. Oh God. Like I said, all those things I just said about them are mm -hmm. true. Yeah. Every single one. It's, it's, yeah. And a horse, he's a you flick him in the nose and he'd die. <laughs> All that they're they're the most fragile animals on the face of the earth. Mules are not. Mules can eat dirt and live. Yeah. They're yeah, they're tough, but a horse is not. So I'd take the thousand horses yeah. over the the duck and just pick you up and swallow you and that'd be the end of it. Well, I'm I'm giving you With, a virtual fist bump right through the screen right here because that's yeah. what I pick. And no, I think I'm, everyone else is crazy that does the opposite. I'm the only one that picked the horses. Well, you're not the only one, but like early on, because I asked this to all my guests and early on the, you know, like we're, I haven't done a ton of episodes. I'm around, this is probably episode 50, I don't know, three-ish or so. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? You got to start keeping a chalk count of who yeah. picks. Yeah. I should have. Actually, I should have <laughs> got it. But, but early on, everyone picked the little horses. And I'm like, all right, everyone's smart. And then next thing you know, I don't know if the, if my, my yeah. they're just turning against me or what, but they're all going with this giant duck. And I'm like, I don't think you well, know what you're talking about, man. Don't forget, like I said, I've got unique experience here. Like I said, I was around horses at length mm -hmm. and I was around ducks at length. So, you know, unless yeah. 
maybe they're just thinking, you know, horse, you know, what they've seen on TV and National Geographic and stuff like that. <laughs> but know. to know both animals in person, believe me, you wouldn't want anything to do with the duck. Well, let me ask you this yeah. follow-up question. Is this the most serious conversation you've ever had about fighting a horse-sized duck in your life? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dale, before we get into advice and things like that, um, I don't know if you have um, any things out there. Definitely mention your, your wife's business again if you want, because okay. I, I actually have a lot of listeners in Florida, but, I mean, they're all, all over the place. Um, right. But uh, is there anything, so mention hers, but also is there anything uh, that, that you want to promote or mention or do you uh, want people to be able to get in touch with you? If you don't, that's fine. You know, I don't well, know. Yeah, they, oh, yeah, I'm always there for advice and that kind of thing. People can look me up by my real name on Facebook. Okay. Uh, I am also, I want to say I'm, hang on one second. I'll tell them who I am on Instagram. Hold super. Hold super. That's right. I'm hold super. Hold like the super. word hold mm -hmm. super, all one word okay. on Instagram. And uh, yeah, I've, I've had various people like you, you popped up out of the blue and you know, you'd be surprised how many people over the years and that kind of thing have said, Hey, I saw, you know, this years ago or that mm -hmm. years ago, or one, you know, an, an article in Russia, you know, I actually had to order a magazine from Russia, hmm. like about 2008 or 2006 that, I was in and hey I saw you in that you know that kind How of cool. thing yeah, yeah so yeah just by all means you know you know shoot me a pm say hi and like I said uh, my wife may need you if you're a uh, window cleaner and you're around the Clearwater Florida area uh, contact high-rise window cleaning and ask you know for Karen and tell him you saw this podcast I, I still can't get over I mean I know it's it, things happen but what a small world uh i was i was i was like all right no window cleaning to this episode and it's like yeah nope, nope, yep. we're talking about it so dale listen there's there's some people out there listening to this this podcast right now but our mouths are our, our mouths our voices are going into their ears as we speak right right and they've heard you talking about making a positive impact in people's lives they've mm -hmm. heard both of us talk about um you know pursuing what we want and just like the fact that we've already won at life, you know, we're, yeah. we're winning right now. And God forbid, if that car, if I walk across the street to grab a drink and the car hits me, I don't want that to happen, but I don't have any regrets. And yeah. there's some people sitting there right now and they're not pursuing what they want. They're not doing what they want. What kind of advice do you have for those guys? Get your feet wet. Get your, that's all I can really say. Get your feet wet. If, if you're a kid, you're like a kid on a diving board right now. Mm -hmm. Just, Either have someone push you or jump. You know, I know you've got a dozen reasons why. The kids are in school, the wife's this, the dog is that, but you've got to take the jump. I mean, you've got to look at this, not look at it from now, but look at it from your deathbed. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, are you going to be able to look back and say, okay, or are you going to look back and say, shit, I should have done that? Yep. Love you know, uh, yeah, you've got to have a reasonable amount of, you know, common sense when you're doing, you know, what you're thinking about doing. But at the same time, you know, think about what you'd think if you didn't take if you didn't take a chance. Yeah. You know, I I'll be perfectly honest. Like I said earlier, I had the chance thrust upon me. Yeah, I got lucky. I got like being fired turned out to be an extreme stroke of luck. But I got pushed off the diving board. Yep. If you if you need pushed off the diving board you know, find some way to get that push. Him and me both had that push off the diving board. 
it. But if you've got more stones than us, just jump. Just jump. I love it. I love yeah. it. One of my one of my good friends. For everyone that's been disappointed in the uh, J&E drinking game tonight, because I haven't said too many of the keywords, I'll just say I'll give you one. I'll give you guys a reason to take a quick shot or a drink here. Josh Latimer um, has become a dear friend of mine. He started out as a distant um, mentor, someone I didn't know, but I would listen to his podcast and read his stuff. Um, he always says that, you know, being an entrepreneur or I, if I could edit it a little bit, I would say genuinely chasing your dreams is a lot like jumping off of a cliff and learning how to build an airplane on the way down. And, wow. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> That's beautiful. Yep. And, uh, you know, it, uh, so to follow up your sentiment, I'm actually in the middle of a book right now that if I could be honest with you, I don't feel that I needed the book at this point, but I actually just scheduled a family meeting. Um, I was doing my, my weekly preview where I'm planning my week out earlier this afternoon and I scheduled a family meeting next Sunday and we're going to, uh, we're, I'm just going to cook out for everyone here at the house. And then we're going to start going through this book together and it's called everything is figure outable. And I forget, I, I'm not going to look it up. Figure out a bull. Okay. You can figure it out. Everything is figure outable. I'm sure if you Google that, it'll come up with the only author. I'm sure there's only one book called that. But, um, but the woman that uh, wrote it, basically she just said, you know, she's had a great deal of success in her life. And she, um, she said she uh, saw her mom early on when she was a little girl and her mom just basically told her, you can figure out anything if you'll just do it. You know, if someone else can do it, you can do it. And she, her mom instilled in her that everything's figure outable. And, but in this book, one thing I really enjoy is just her philosophy on what we were talking about. And you just said it a second ago. I think you said, what would your future self think? And she said right. that, uh, and she uses that. She always uses the whole, um, when, when you're scared to do something, you need to ask yourself, will your future self be proud of the decision you're about to make? Or will your future self regret the decision you're about to make? Amen. And, yeah. So, so that's good stuff. Dale, thank you so much for being on the show. Hang on hey. if you don't mind just a minute. Cause I want to chat at you just a little after we get off here. No but, problem. Uh, but and anytime if your viewers want me back or you wanted me to back, uh, just let me know. Well, I'm going to tell you, I like you a whole lot. So I, I need some, I need some more of you in, in what I'm doing here. So hopefully that happens. The, um, and listeners, uh, love you guys. Um, love you a lot. Thank you so much for just supporting me in this show. And, um, I hope you guys are chasing your dreams, which brings me to my final thought here. If you're not doing what you want to be doing right now, you better have a damn good reason for it. But listen, this is the key. If you're not pursuing what you want, there's no good reason for it. Peace out.